This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. We're continuing today one of the most beautiful stories in the book of Genesis, the beloved story of a man of integrity uh, that is unparalleled. And we're going to witness that firsthand today. We're talking about the life of Joseph. We're in Genesis chapter number 39, and I want you to see verse 2 and verse 23 of this chapter. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, serving in the household of his Egyptian master. And then in verse 23, the warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority, because the Lord was with him, and the Lord made everything that he did successful. When we last left Joseph, he was on a slave trading caravan of Ishmaelites. The very fact that this group of slave traders were Ishmaelites is in itself a powerful reminder of this family's dysfunction, and it's prevalent in the whole storyline. Remember, Ishmael was the son of Abraham and Abraham's slave, Hagar. After having been promised a son through whom God would bless the world, through Sarah, Abraham's wife, she took matters into her own hands. She proposed the union between Hagar and Abraham. Now this caused nothing but trouble for their family. There was strife and tension between Sarah and Hagar until eventually Hagar and her son, Ishmael, were forced to leave after the birth of Isaac, the true son of promise. And the drama didn't stop there. The tension between Rachel and Leah, the two sisters, betrothed to Abraham's grandson Jacob, caused so much dysfunction that eventually Jacob had 12 sons and one daughter from four different women. Still, God chose to enter the storyline through their brokenness, as these 12 sons would become the 12 tribes of Israel, through whom God would reveal who he was to the world. Through God's faithfulness to this dysfunctional family, they would eventually become the stage upon which God would declare who he was to the world, and eventually through whom Jesus would choose to enter the story. So it's much more than irony at play here when Joseph is carried away by the descendants of Ishmael who are slave traders. It's a potent reminder of the continual dysfunction of a hopelessly broken family. Joseph is hated by his brothers precisely because his father loves him the most since he is the firstborn son of Rachel. They had grown up in this tension, and it had really reached a boiling point. But now all of that familial drama is behind Joseph, and he's alone in a foreign land as a slave forgotten by everyone. Everyone but God, that is, because we're told twice in this chapter that the Lord was with Joseph. He blessed this man with incredible aptitude and responsibility. Joseph is a remarkable steward of that responsibility, and eventually everything flourishes in his hand. 
until Potiphar, the man who bought Joseph as a slave, trusts him explicitly with everything in his care. The text even says that Potiphar concerned himself with nothing except what he would eat that day. Then Joseph is presented with a predicament, just when things seem to finally be getting back to normal. He's approached by Potiphar's wife, whose desire is to sleep with him. Now, Joseph refuses, saying in verse 9, No one in this house is greater than I am. He, that's Potiphar, has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. So how could I do this immense evil, and how could I sin against God? Joseph recognizes the risk involved with such a proposition. He sees the danger on the other side of that temptation. But what is even more astounding here is that he sees it as an immense evil that is a sin against God. I mean, really, Joseph? After all that you've been through? After all the injustice that has happened to you? No one would blame you for taking every advantage you could. Yet Joseph is a man of incredible integrity who sees himself as being put in this place by God. And even here, he will not sin against that God. This is a fantastic testimony of a man who refused to let his circumstances dictate his actions. Listen, right is right, even if you're a forgotten slave in Egypt. And even if no one would blame you if you gave in. After having her advances rebuffed daily by Joseph, eventually Potiphar's wife's lust turns to anger. She accuses Joseph of doing the very thing that he would not do, namely, sleep with her. She cries out to her husband and lies about Joseph. This lands Joseph in a prison through no fault of his own. Now Joseph has gone from being a forgotten slave to a scorned convict. Still, because he retains his integrity, the Bible says that the Lord is with Joseph, even here in prison. Again, he is entrusted with everything the jailer has, and it prospers. I mean, you can't keep this man down. As the chapter ends, even in jail, the Lord made everything that he did successful. Now, to properly apply this story, we have to put ourselves in Joseph's shoes. It's been said that integrity is who you are when no one is watching. Joseph is a man of pristine integrity. I mean, who would have blamed him for succumbing to such daily temptation as a forgotten slave alone in a foreign land, far away from his home and his family? And yet he knew that God was with him and that to give in to such temptation would have been an immense evil before God. And we have to ask ourselves, does our integrity keep us from succumbing to temptation in our own lives when we are all alone? We sometimes rationalize our sin, whatever it may be. But this is not what Joseph did. I mean, it didn't matter that he was alone. It didn't matter where Joseph was in Egypt. It didn't matter that he was a slave. None of that mattered. He lived by a code of conduct that ordered his life no matter where that life was lived. Now, today, we live in a world where we justify and rationalize our sin based upon the context of our circumstances. 
We live by situational ethics. But somehow the circumstances of our lives don't dictate what is right and wrong. This is not how Joseph lived, and it shouldn't be how we live either. Right is right, and wrong is wrong, no matter what has happened to us or what we've been through. When the standard for right and wrong is fluid, dependent upon our circumstances, we generate a society that does only what is right in their own eyes. It resembles America today, doesn't it? But as Christians, we're called to be stewards of the station in life to which God calls us, and we are responsible first to Him. That means that He dictates what is right and wrong in our lives, not our circumstances. Another facet of this dilemma is that we live as if the end justifies the means. If our decision's outcome leads to a better place, then we can look the other way on how we got there. But Joseph didn't give in to this lie either. Doing the right thing landed him in jail, whereas doing what was wrong could possibly advance his promotion all the more. But Joseph realized that ultimately, God was the one ordering his steps, even if those steps led him to chains from his slavery to the prison. In all of this, Joseph did not lose his integrity by giving in to temptation. Listen, integrity is about who we are when no one is watching. No one was watching Joseph do the right thing by Potiphar's wife. No one was watching Joseph be responsible in prison. But this unrecognized integrity revealed the character of a man whose life consistently displayed that the Lord was with him. This wisdom Egypt and the world would desperately need in the next season of their history. Indeed, it would save a nation. It would save a family. It would save the world. So when it comes to our lives, when we are tempted to skirt the truth, when we are drawn to lose our integrity by looking the other way or giving in to some momentary lapse of judgment to achieve personal pleasure or promotion, when we sacrifice our integrity and give in, we forfeit God's presence with us. God will not bless a path in our lives that causes us to violate His Word. It's never God's will if it goes against His Word. And when we are forced to sacrifice our integrity for promotion, the cost is always too high. God will always honor doing what's right, even when it lands us in prison for doing so. And this is precisely what God did with Joseph. As we shall see, prison was exactly where God wanted this man, because it would be the stage from which he would catapult Joseph into literally everything that he had ever dreamed of. So Jesus, as we come to you today, we pray that you would guard us against the things that tempt us to sacrifice our integrity for pleasure or promotion. Help us to remember that you have called us to live above our circumstances, not according to them. Help us to see that you are guiding our steps and help us to live responsibly in those steps. Cause us to live as good stewards in a land that is foreign to the ways of God. Allow us to live like everything we have is borrowed. And help us to live with integrity. 
Remind us that we are accountable for how we steward the opportunities afforded us every day. And help us to make those opportunities count for eternity. In your name. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.